Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, this is Michael, and welcome to the program. My very special guest tonight, one of my favorite guests of all time, is Ahmad al Khattab. Ahmad, are you there? Yes, I am, sir. All right. I am so glad that you're with me again. Thank you. Same here. Yes, that's great. What I'd like us to do is to start with you sharing your work, sharing your poetic works, and then I'll ask you a few questions, okay? Sure, no problem. All right. Please begin. So I'm going to start with okay. So I'm going to start with the poem. The title of the poem is The Gypsy Prayer. So here we go. Sometimes I think I'm less than more than a human who is always experiencing the brutality of being vulnerable and pray without being known as the gypsy prayer. In the house of God, most of the people choose to talk to take advantage of my family. Meanwhile, when I am around my sinner friends, they taught me enough is enough. I dress the way I dress. I dress the way I dress without any regulations. I talk the way I talk without any limitations, the way I walk without my boundaries. And I will die the way I wished with the sufferings. Being happy with someone you love could be more of a curse than a gift, as being miserable creates high emotions and tears whenever my mind, body, and soul slowly bleeds to death. Lonely and homesick. When you see the dead kitten in the cage, you say, oh, this is a dead kitten in the cage. When you see the dead puppy in the nest, you say, oh, this is a dead puppy in the nest. When you see lovebirds fighting each other's wing feathers off, you then realize that you have been stabbed to death many times. When you see a coffin behind my photo frame, you say, oh, this is a sad friend in the cast. But when you lose a country and close friends, you will say nothing but cry for being lonely and homesick. Room for madness. I'm neither sad or happy. I have locked myself in a room of madness for a long time, for no specific reason. With the water of my eyes, I write about my sorrows as if the rain was pouring more sadness to my open wounds. My song has been silent for a long for what sorry waiting for a moment to scream and break the wine glasses before we get drunk. The curse of the world turned me into a book of the blind, mute and deaf. Since the world is ignoring the widow's dream, the day I learned to count the bodies and bullets, I knew that I will never count the sheep to my little baby at the night. Today I'm a slave to my grief. The jailer cries along with the prisoner for reading the journey that made my grave into a room of madness. A long walk against the wind. It blows my mind to hear until I get the hairstyle 
of a foolish clown, a sense of hope, love, and death. The sun rises in my sorrows and dazzles in the light, its light against the wound of the deaf moon, where I am just alcoholic to continue to lie to myself. I walk and the cigarette of my mouth, she writes of, of a sorrowful poem and reads it to the exhaled smoke of my lungs as my eyes cry to hear what I resist. I no longer need to be wild and sweet when my friends are making mistakes. The moonlight over Montreal is restful, aside from the eyes of a woman I colored with her face that helps me to cure me, with her hands that lead me to Baghdad, as long stroll through the gate of festivality will walk me to the origin of perfume candle, empty like the rain. Nothing but nicotine smoke is running through my lungs. My thoughts are running, turning into clouds, with death in between. My heart has become full of sorrow, and despair. I pursued to inhale my last breath to explore six feet under. I was raised with painful support. You're not good enough to work with us. You're not smart enough to earn a degree. You're not responsible to marry her. No one knows how I really feel. I feel the tears of my cheeks. I feel the blood above my cuts. As yet, I feel empty like the rain. Wow. I enjoy your work so much, and thank you so much for sharing. My pleasure. But I wonder sometimes, as I listen to you and as I read your work, your poems Mm -hmm. seem to always, and that might be a strong word, but I'm going to say it, Mm -hmm. always have a tinge of sadness. Is that your trademark? Well, to be honest with you, like, you know, like every, you know, like every poem has a story. I know, like, but I believe, like, every poem that I write has a soul. And, you know, since mm-hmm. I am, like, you know, I have been living most of my life outside of my country. Okay. And the time when I went back to my country was last year when I saw the whole situation was, was a big disaster for me. So that's why, mm-hmm. like, I always managed to make my poems sad. Why? You could say well, it could be my trademark. Why? Because I'm a sad person in real life. But, you know, when people see me, I'm always, like, making jokes. You know, I was cheerful. I was helpful. So it's not easy for me to share how I feel with people. So the best way for me to share is through poetry. I've never asked you before whether you come from a literary background or not. Well, my great-grandfather, he was a poet. But sadly, he never like wrote a book or I have never wrote anything from him. So it could yes. be, you know, like from him. But I know I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know his style. I, yeah. Okay. Well, where did you learn about writing as being important, especially in terms of being able to express yourself the way that you do? Well, you know, like you know, I remember the time when you know, like I was inspired by poetry. It was from the time when I was reading a book about a famous Syrian poet. His name is Nizar Kapani. Nizar Kapani in Arabic we say. And you know, he was writing about love and grief and politics because you know he was talking about the period of 70s in the middle east and it was like always it was a big chaos back then well it's still not you know anyway 
So, you know, when I was reading his poetry, I was really inspired by the way he uses, like, the way he described, you know, like, his love to his country and women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really love the mixture, the way he did, you know, you know like, how he described women as a peace land, you know, and he described his country mm-hmm. as the evilness, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I started writing, but it was mostly like I, w- I was writing, but it was not like serious poetry as now. It was mostly like okay. prose or something like for fun. It became serious when I was 21, when, mm-hmm. no, sorry, 16, when I saw really like, you know, people were supporting me and they were asking me to write in English because, you know, they said, oh, if you write in English, you might people hear about you outside of Canada and, you know, to the worldwide. And gratefully, it really happened, you know. And then mm-hmm. at the age of 20, I met this woman from my country back then. And, you know, back then it was like, you know, we had MSN Messenger. So it was nothing like social media like today, you know. Yes. So she was like teaching me how to write poetry and I was teaching her with ideas. So we both really bonded to each other to the point that we almost like, like really became like into love stories. And this is where I started like really writing all those fancy love ones. <laughs> and you know, like at some point to another, because you know, I come from a country that people are very, you know, like with the idea of like, okay, if you wanna, if you want to have our daughter in your hands, you're supposed to propose her. And you know, I was 21, and I'm not gonna lie, I was a bit like <laughs> dumb. So I was like, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. why not? You know. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, let's see this idea. You know, why not? You know, to be 21, that's the best thing. You know. <laughs> but sadly, what happened is like you know, like I want, I wanted to, you know, like the embassy to ask for a passport, and sadly they refused it because they said the country is not into security. You know, the country is unsafe, so we're not able to give a visa. So I remember that day I was, I cried a lot. I even wrote a very sad poem about that. What happened to me? You know. Right. So I, yes. I cried a lot. But then I was surprised that she didn't message me on Amazon, and I was like, how come she's not here today? So, you know, like I waited two, three days after, then I called her. I had, you know, like finally I had the courage to call and use the phone. And I remember my dad was upset at me. He's like, the phone bill was like $200. <laughs> so oh, wow. So I called her and I was like, you know, I, I wanted to speak to her and her mother answered the phone. And she was like, who is it? And I was like, it's me, Amir. And he's like, who are you to ask me about my daughter? And I explained to her, I was like, oh, you know, I'm the one who's supposed to get engaged to your daughter, but it didn't work out. <laughs> then she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I recognize you. Then I was like, can I speak to your daughter, please? And she was like, you didn't hear the news? And I was like, what happened? She was like, she passed away. And I was like, what oh, happened? Wow. So she told me everything. She told me that she was going down the street because, you know, we have the black, you know, we have the Friday market, which is like on the street. So she went there with her best friends to do shopping. Because, you know, she, mm-hmm. she was doing, like, mini shopping for my visit to her house. Yes. Excitement, you know. And sadly, when she went there, there was, like, a car bomb there. So the car bomb exploded at the time when she was shopping around with her best friends. Oh, no. So that actually what happened. That created a very level, big level of depression inside of me. So that's why my poem, you know, I, I said that before, and I will always say that. Every time when I write a poem, I always write a line for this woman. Because this woman, she taught me the meaning of life and poetry. And because of her, you know, my poems have a sense of sadness. It's because, you know, I'm showing to her that I'm still looking to meet with you. But, you know, now I'm 21 years old, so that happened 10 years ago. 
I mean, Gage yes. is the one, most beautiful woman in my life right now. Yes, yes. So, you know, <laughs> you know. But that's, wow. That... You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Michael. There's one thing, yes. I don't know if you believe it or not. First love will I never do. be gone away. Will never go away. Mm. First love will always stay with you. You know what I mean? I agree and that's with that. why I feel like, you know, I'm grateful for my present fiance and my future wife, hopefully. She's an amazing mm-hmm. woman. And I sent her a big mm-hmm. hope and I said to her, I love you, Naomi. If she hears me, that's great. If she doesn't, even that's good. She will hear me tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah. But as I told you, you know, that kind of sadness will never be gone away. Wow. That's an incredible story. Yeah. Very powerful story. Thank I want to appreciate you for sharing it with us. Let's take a brief break. My and pleasure. We'll be right sir. back. Liberation 
in the minds of uneducated dreamers in Baghdad. When it will be the time I will hug a trustful man, woman, without breaking a bond of mistrust. When it will be the time I could say truly good morning, away from death, some surprises in my town. When it will be the time I would find all the missing smiles, hopes, and freedom away from the weapons. When it will be the time I would protect the wounded fighter as I will return him alive from and not in a coffin. Sad love to Baghdad. Baghdad, I met with you and since then I'm in love with you. Your love taught me to be forever miserable. Even when I forget our sorrows, you start bleeding. I have no words for you, but that song from my heart, stolen dance of my drunk soul above your burning palm leaves. Baghdad, is, is your bullet with butterfly wings damaging four seasons with blood spots in cages filled with broken wings of peace doves? Baghdad, you are my best down. I am born with a tale about being sad. Do you still wonder why I weep tears in the night? Because the sun dreams to shine above the orphan smile and the cloud wish to rain above the, the widows. Nobody understands how much I'm dying, mainly because I am by your side until I'll be in the coffin with no longer thoughts about how to never stop being depressed. Maybe my 31th birthday will be my last farewell to stop my sad eyes, my sad tongue, and my sad love to Baghdad. And one, this one, inside peace. Inside peace, there is no peace talks. Inside peace, there's an orphan being in the bloody sea and a virgin widow vomiting from a soldier rape. Inside peace, there is no peacemakers. Inside peace, there's a homeless asking the world for peace and a businessman who avoids paying for the charity. Inside peace, there's a good stranger. Inside peace, there's a hunger and thirst on my enemy face. Inside peace, there's a peaceful dove breaking his own wings. Yeah. All right. You know, the calling number is 646-787-1631. That is the calling number. I want to make sure that's correct. But I do want to ask you, though, as I listen to your work, again, on the same train of thought of listening to your work, there's so much emotion involved when you're reciting it, when you're reading it. There's a lot of emotions. Do you think Mm -hmm. that someone can be a poet if they don't feel emotions strongly? Well, you know, because you feel like, you know, you know, because, you know, if you think, you know, just like thinking about the word poetry by itself, Poetry means emotions. It makes emotions, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you don't have emotions or feelings, you can be easily like a writer. Because a writer, he can always be, he always can revive his, you know, like characters, or he always can give them death. But I believe to be a successful writer or a poet, you need to have emotions language. And those emotions language, it helps to build a better imagery to the poetry, poem or to the storytelling too. Because you, as you know, 
every poem is a story. So, you know, to me, I believe every poem should be a bit mixed of love, nostalgia, emotions. You can never write a poem that doesn't have any of those three materials. Because if you write a poem without emotions, then, you know, your poem will end up being just a prose or will be just end up like being a very simple poem. But the more you add emotions to the poem, the more will people will feel relate to it. And this is what you need to do because, you know, as a poet, you need to write about the voiceless people who are looking some, for someone to describe their pain. Like mm-hmm. the other, you know, like if you, like last month, I wrote a small poem and it was like just like four or five lines poem. Believe me or not, Mike. Okay. I, I sorry, Mike Lemons. Believe it or not, yes. I received a message mm-hmm. from a woman she told me, oh, my God, I've been having depression for a long time. I tried to talk about it, but I couldn't. But reading your poem made me so happy because I feel related to it. I was inspired, too. Like, she, she surprised me because, as I said, I wrote the poem while I was thinking about my country. So, you know, yes. the poem was very short. But her comment, it made me cry. I was like, wow. Mm. I never thought that, you know, someone actually would look at my poem and feel this way. Well, you know you have I mean? the poem. Can you share it? Can you share it with us? Yeah, of course, of course. I love it. Just yes. Give me a yeah. So you know, there you go. Where is it? Where is it? So the poem, the title of the poem is the role. I once played the role of a corpse. I found myself in a closed coffin, on a sorrow's theater. As I start aging alone, until I found myself in Baghdad in a friendly grave. That's it. Wow. Yeah. That is powerful. Yeah. And it does make you think. Well, let me ask you this well, question. You know, sure. Well, does write does writing energize or exhaust you? Well, you know, because you see like because you know like you know, the poem doesn't you know, the poem can never be make up like, you know, you can never write a poem just like that, you know. Because me, I believe the poem comes to you, and then your job is to write it in a very poetic format. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, and that's why, you see, that's why many people, like even myself, like I see myself as sensitive. And that's why me, I believe a poem is always a sensitive thing. Because, you see, when you're sensitive, because you know what happened, like let's say, you know, like I remember one time, like, you know, I was working in a shop, and there was an car accident happened, and people were panicking, but, you know, me in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, let me see what happened. But, you know, it was very sad because, you know, there was a running kid who ran by your car, and the kid ran, and he died on the spot. So, me and when, in my mind, when I saw that, I already had the déjà vu image of what happened in my country. Yes. So, you feel like, you know, I started seeing this situation way different from any, any, any other people. Like, you know, sadly, I saw people... There were, like, only five people were, like, you know, trying to, you know, like, help the kid to stop bleeding and to try to bring him to alive with the CPR and all. But sadly, most of the people were just holding their phones and trying to film it. And I was like, I don't know what's so beautiful about, you know, taking pictures or filming it, you know. It's very sad. But you Mm -hmm. see, since I'm a writer, when I saw that happen in front of my eyes, I had a different vision. People were, like, sad. Some people were crying. Some people were, like, holding phones. You know, but me, I was just looking at it and I was like having this poem in my mind, you know, coming all the way. Because, you know, I remember, you know, what I used to see on the TV. I remember what I used to hear about the kids who died in my country because they were 
innocent, you know? So yeah. that's why I would say the poem comes in your mind. You don't write the poem by itself. You have to let the poem come to your mind. And once it's right, then you can write it in a poetic format. And that's how the poem becomes like something. Well, you know, you made this statement to me some time ago that you said, I believe every mm-hmm. poem is like a soul. The poem dies at the end. I thought that was the most powerful thing I'd heard. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Well, because, you know, like, you know, like one time I remember, you know, I had an interview with a magazine. And the lady, she asked me, she's like, what is your favorite poem you ever wrote? And I look at her and I laugh. And she was like saying, is what I said funny? I was like, no. But basically, (laughs) you're just asking me, who's your, of your kids is your favorite kid? You know? And, you know, me, I, I see my poems as my little kids. And that's why, you know, mm. I call them orphans, because they all died at the end. Wow. You know, I give them a soul, and they all died, because I don't want them to stay longer and see how life is brutal, and, they, you know, they're going to hate me. So, you know, I want them to die. <laughs> so they don't want the brutal of life, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I know it's funny, but it is. This is my philosophy, you know? <laughs> Well, then I can say to the adverse that some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature. Once it is out there, it's not much you can do to correct or improve it, while others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take on it? Do you, once, it's out of, once it's out of your system, is it done, or you continue to work on it? Well, me, I'm going to be honest with you. At first, I used to write a poem, then send it to a few friends who I trust to edit it, and then I edited it myself a bit, and then I posted yes. it. Well, guess what happened? When I used what? to do that, some people will take the poem and change some lines and be like, oh, I just wrote a new poem. Boom. <laughs> so when I did the poem, they'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> so you know what I started doing? I started playing smart. I started writing the poem. Leaving all the grammar spelling check mistakes in the poem, but I leave the message inside. Like, I make sure the message is clear, you know? This is the most important part because you want people to understand what the poem is about, right? Yes. So once the po- it's message clear, I let all the grammar spelling checks mistakes inside the poem on purpose, you know? And that's why sometimes I find it funny when I have some people comment to me, like, such a nice poem, but there's a few grammar mistakes. Well, hello, I do it on purpose. <laughs> so I don't want someone to steal it again. You know, and believe me or not, believe me or not, there was this guy, I don't want to say his name, he wrote a book okay. about poetry. And guess what not? I found, I found out inside his book that he wrote five or ten poems. They were mine. And he sold them. No. He swear to God, Michael. And then I was shocked. I didn't tell him this person, but I was like, you know, I really love your book. You know, I can see some similarities to the ideas we share. You know? <laughs> Because and he has stolen your work. Book. Wow. Yeah, he stole my poems, but he just played smart to change some lines in the titles. But then I was like, wait a minute, it sounds like something I wrote before. And I look at him, it's like, wait a minute, this line is this line here. He just changed the line placement. <laughs> and then, you know, what's funny, a few people went out to him, and they actually told him, they said, this poem we have read in Bleeding Heart Poet page. <laughs> mm-hmm. So well, you what see, was, like, what was the, the outcome? Answer, but people have said to him, Huh? What did he say? What did he say when you confronted him about it? Well, you know, he was upset. He was like, oh, I thought I'm going to be, like, you know, like, selling a lot of copies. And he's, like, one of those people that he thinks, like, okay, you know, he's going to be next, you know, he, like, the next 
Harry Potter's books, you know? And I told him, mm-hmm. dude, writing a book doesn't make you rich. <laughs> it's just poetry. Everybody knows that. It's kind of sad, but it's truth. I've never seen someone who's rich from poetry, except the business people who does Instagram poetry. Well, look, let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. This is Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio, and I'm here with one of my favorite people. Ahmad, please share some more of your work. Sure. So right now I'm going to share some poems from the book I wrote for my lovely fiance, Naomi. So this is like a love poem. So the title I chose is like Naomi and Lips of Sweetness. So here we go. We start with the first title for the first poem, sorry. One Magical Kiss. It's the perfect time to kiss me in the moment you rest your lips on mine, falling at my tongue like a lollipop. Feel free to kiss me more than once, twice, until I get a taste of your pure love that grows lively and profound. Without your lovely support, I would be a guest by the door. Your kindness flows, the moonlight steals my breath and gives me chills. Before you, every other cuddle I had in my past had been wrong. Now the universe has turned me into spring as I watch the flowers bloom for you. Inhale your expensive perfume and I become numb when I get a loving taste. I enjoy smelling your body scent, resting on my mind from the noise of war. The candles denied my wishes. Since no one stands wishes for me. With eyes crying, I wished myself to see the sunshine on your face. When I miss you, I cannot dream of you. When you are sleeping in my heart, you are the warmth and solace. Will you come back before I sleep by myself? Painting you. I will be painting you below the curious moon next to a palette of mixed emotions with a brush full of memory. The truth is I am a sad tear and not the color of the rainbow. In your eyes, all the colors dance over your canvas. I see the smile of yours truly and the arrival of the summer sunrise and a feeling thirst over your lips under the rain. Make me your mother for a moment. Catch me with your will for an hour. My soul and eyes must be awake to feel your touch like an angel kiss. I will color your moisture lips with a colorful leaf from autumn. 
in your heart, and I will draw the running horses dancing your sand forever. Cold hands. It is cold outside, and I am on my own, with cold hands, by the car light and traffic, yet you are still on my mind. Nobody wants to hear me. People are busy with their own daily routine and endless problems, and I am weeping for missing you. The wind blows lots of waves, and the autumn clouds drop rain with lovers dance under the moonlight while while I'm singing to tell all the stars. To all the stars. The street gets less busy, and the children sleep listening to grandparents' old tales. Meanwhile, I'm dreaming of your perfume smelling from your old pictures. I prepare myself a cup of warm cup of tea with a few cigarettes left in the pack. I smoke and write about the days we love. I go on my lips to recall your words. One thing keeps me strange, stronger. You are in paradise, and it feels good to see you beautiful without makeup, nor tears. From all the years I waited to kiss you. Lips of the angel. Lips of the angel do not lie, but when they are in tenacity with mine, I adore their pure sugar, their fancy wine, and their rare taste. They will swift me away from my life. Kiss me before I close my thirsty lips. Cuddle with me again and touch my soft lips so we can melt once more. While the night is crystal clear, our lips are sealed waiting for Christmas and New Year's because between our lips there are no more conversation. Lips of an angel are my untold story before my sadness rise over my temporary happiness. But now I'm happy that we shared a kiss after 12 in the morning. After 12 in the morning and the appearance of the moon in the stars, I'm thinking about you in presence of my silent dancing spirit with tears. My face becomes numb from a smile. I share with the careless and heartless people. In my heart, you are growing beautifully. In my mind, you are learning constantly. I forget my name when you wipe my sadness, but I remember that I'm born for a reason. You are one of the greatest revolutions. I will stab myself if I ever hurt you after 12 in the morning. Wow. That was a yeah. beautiful, beautiful set of poetry. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. beautiful. What do you hope readers get from encountering your poems? What do you want us to, 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 to take away? What should we take away from your work? Well, you know, like, you know, because, you know, like, because you see, like, you know, you know, like, when I read, you know, some poems, you know, so many poems that have been shared and written about are mostly, like, as you said, you know, they're, like, mostly, like, about, you know, like, stuff that we actually all, like, have read about, like, you know, mental illness, yes. depression, self-esteem. So, me, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to support, you know, people who are, like, who, who started like me, because, you know, it's hard for me because, you know, when I started poems, writing poetry, it's hard for me to tell the story of my country. It's hard for me to share the story of the love of my, you know, the first, the love of my first 
girlfriend who died, you know? So you see, yes. I'm just trying to show people, tell them people that life is not all about, oh, like, you know, because, you know, like, you see some people who's going to come up to you like, oh, my God, I'm so sad. I'm going to write a sad poem because my boyfriend doesn't answer my phone. Or I'm sad because mm-hmm. my girlfriend, she broke my heart. You know, life is not all about that. Or life is not about depression. I know depression is something big. But trust me, yes. Michael, if you go to countries like our countries or even like, you know, in Africa, or Middle East, like especially countries who are like under like, you know, under flame, I would say, you will see mm-hmm. the real meaning of life. And this is where, you know, like, you know, you see a different imagery. Like you see here, you know, you go to the park, you write about the flowers, the grass, the trees, the branch. But over there, you know, like it becomes something else. Like, you know, I remember one time I was reading this poem about this famous poet in my country. And there's a line that still catch my mind. He said, you know, he said, take the branch, take, you know, it says like, take all, I don't remember, memorize it by heart, but I can tell you yes. what he says. He says like, take all the dead branches in the park and build my coffin with it because our country cannot afford a coffin for me. So you see the image of how big the house is different. You yes, it I mean? is different. Yes, I so do. So you see, like, that's why, like, right now, like, you know, I've been, I've been reading poems about the Holocaust. And, mm-hmm. Michael, like, those poems, you know, I know so many people, like, I'm sorry to say that, some people are going to be like, oh, my God, they're so, like, sad, they're so dark. But trust me, Michael, if you read them with a clear mind, you feel the beauty of writing. Like, they were so clear. But today, poems, mm. you can say, like, they're all related about, especially I'm talking about the Western world, you know, they're all, like, related to similar things which we all, like, can hear about and relate to it. But you see me, like, for example, since I live in Canada, you know, like, I took a, a you know, I have depression too. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, I'm yes, perfectly yes, fine. Yes, so do I. So do I. So I understand. I'm sad. I understand. Yes. Yeah. So you see, like, I took depression, and then I start taking the image of my country because the image of my country are dark. So, you know, I color it with my depression. So, you see, I'm trying to show people problems and share it with your own. And that's mm-hmm. why you see people can feel relate to it sometimes because people are like, oh, my God, this imagery is so deep, you know? Why? Because they think about their grandparents' stories where they used to tell them, oh, yeah, back then we used to live this way. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's why I want to tell people. I want to tell people, and that's why, you know, like, you know, as I told you before, I just finished writing my collection of short stories because, you know, I want to show people that life is not all about, like, oh, my God, it's too cold today. It's snowing. Oh, my God, it's too hot today. I cannot walk outside. Life, there's more things are serious in this world that people need to open their eyes about it. Life is not, it's not all about, like, oh, yeah, this is the election or this is what the weather or the games, you know. I know that we live in a grateful country. I'm really grateful for... Canada, you know, like, I'm safe, I'm sound with my family, you know, everything. But at the same time, I don't want to forget the other side of me who saw so yes. many stuff that I still want to share more, more, more. Because I want my mm. kids, you know, and my grandkids, when they're going to read them, they're going to be proud. to be like, oh, my God, yeah, my dad, he went through a lot. I don't want my kids to be like, oh, yeah, my dad, you know, like, because, you know, it's, it makes me sad when I see people who went through a lot, but they don't have the ability to describe it. You know, because, you know, some people, they still think, oh, why should I write about what I saw during, like, World War Two? You know, nobody cares, you know. No, people yes. actually care. And I'm the one of those people who care. Cares. Yeah, but, you know, it's hard for them. But why? Because we live in the world that technology people are like, oh, my God, my boyfriend broke my heart. I cannot read anything, you know. 
And, you know, like I remember one time, you know, I was writing a, like a love poem, but it was a very sad love. And then I was talking to a girl that I know, and she's like, oh, I'm, in, I'm feeling so sad. And I was like, oh, what happened? Is your mom okay? Because I know her mom, she's sick. And then she's mm-hmm. like, no, my boyfriend stopped talking to me. And I was like, are you serious, girl? You know, <laughs> I was like, I'm saying it's so much deep, and you tell me your boyfriend doesn't answer your phone today. So, you know, like, I was like, you know, I was like, okay, read this poem. And she's like, oh, my God. And then she asked me, she's like, can you write one for my boyfriend? I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> so, you know, they, they're back now. Thank God. I'm happy. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> what what surprises you most about being a poet? What's the biggest surprise that you found by being what a poet? What surprise about? Well, you know, that's a very good question because you know, <laughs> my fiance asked me the same question last week. She was like, "Do you wish any of your future kids will be a writer?" I'd be like, "Hell no! I don't want them to be near to the water fighters, even poets, poets. I don't want them to be a poet." Because, you know, Michael, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Being a poet or a writer is not an easy work. Why? Because, no, it's not. Because, you know, like you see, like every poem, when you write a poem, it's like you're writing a story. And that story, you have to feel it in order to create the emotions for it. And that's why you see sometimes, you know, like, sometimes, you know, like I go to work and sometimes, like, things happen. And I got so fed up with it to the point that I just, like, just sit all day. Until the time when I write a poem, then I become fine. So, you know, that's not healthy because you need to talk to people. You need to let it go. But eventually, when you're like me, like I'm sensitive and I'm kind of quiet about my problems, it creates this kind of like this thing, this thirst for me to write a poem about it. And it doesn't work all the time, you know. It works like more like maybe one of the ten, you know. Most of the time when you write a poem, people don't get it. Why? Because you just wrote down what you only think, but you don't wrote it like in a, in a way, in a poetic way, in a way that people can be like, oh my God, this is a very beautiful poem, you know? You just wrote it the way you think it's good. That's what's wrong. And that's why, you know, I say, to be a poet is good, but, you know, eventually like, right now what happened is, you know, like, you know, like at the time I was talking to this writer, and he wrote a book. He only wrote one book, Michael. This is the funny thing. Listen to this funny thing. He wrote a book, and I was asking him, you know, like, you know, I'm really interested to publish with you because, you know, like, I have well, I've heard a lot about your publications and everything. And then he was telling me that, oh, yeah, you know, like, he's like, you know, I'm super famous. And this. and I was like, how many pages your book? And he was like, super proud, he's like 25 pages. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> you know? Ooh. And then, you know, I learned something, and, you know, I learned something because I was talking to my friend, and I was like, what happened? Why everybody is writing poetry today? And then he was like, well, you know, I met people, right, read one book, or doesn't don't, read only, like, half page, and they just think, oh, my God, it can be like him, or it can be like her. What they do, they mm-hmm. work, or they're just going to go online, find ways to steal ideas and make it their own, and boom, they publish books. Why? Because everybody published now. But it's, it's, the question should be, you know, should be, is this person will always write the same or will he improve or will he continue? This is what should be known. Because, you know, mm-hmm. everybody published now. Like, you know, like the other time, you know, like I remember my younger brother, I, he was invited to his best friend's birthday and he was only six. And he was, he was telling me, like, oh, yeah, my friend, he wrote the kid's book. And I was like, oh, this is your friend. He's like six. 
<laughs> I said the book. You know, I saw the book. It was like one of those, like, okay, kids' books. I was happy. I was like, okay, that's a good thing that the parents do for the kids. And then, you know, I was talking to the parents, and I was like, oh, that's really good that, you know, your kids wrote the book. He's like, yeah, we just found this old kids' book, so we decided to just take the whole book, and he was doing the drawings, and we called this is his own book. And I was like, wow. <laughs> like, literally, that was the most disappointing thing I ever heard. Wow. Well, let me ask this question. I know, right? I, and I hate to keep saying let me ask this question, but then again, that's what I'm here to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You've written a number of books, a number of books. In terms yeah. of your books, do you want each book to stand on its own, or are you trying to build a body of work with connections between each book? Well, you know, like my first book was The Bleeding Heart Boys. Yes. This book, when it happened, this book, you know, it was kind of a dream because, you know, like I was talking to this publisher, and this publisher, you know, is like, oh, yeah, I can do this for you for no problem. And I was like, you know, I, I didn't feel like really trusting him. But then he was, like, saying, like, oh, yeah, don't worry, you can trust me, na 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 So, you know, it was my first book, and, you know, I was, like, 28, 29, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not, you know? And then I, I, I was, you know, I had the supper with my fiancé, like, you know, I was surprising her and everything, and then he sent me the cover, he's like, oh, look, this is your book cover, tomorrow it will be on on Amazon. And I showed her, she's like, oh, my God, dream come true, you know, we had a drink, and we were excited and everything. But then, you know, because, you know, the thing with, you know, and this thing, I want everybody to think about it before publishing a book. And I'm going to say it now. Take your time before you publish a book because, you know, I wrote books. I know I wrote books, and I'm not proud of them. But I'm going to be honest with you, some of the books I wrote, I regret them because I didn't give them enough time to think about them. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the Bleeding mm-hmm. Heart words, you know, was this introduction of me, like, to the world of words. This book, like, I would say, like, didn't make so much success because of the name and everything. And then I start, I wrote another one called, you know, like World on the uh, Love on the World Front Lines. For some reason, people were questioning me. They're like, oh, my God, is this poem about book, about love, or war? And then I told them the story about the poem. They were, like, all in shock. They're like, oh, my God, you know, and nobody bought it, only a few people, as I said, because they thought it was love, book, or wars, because of the things, the war. The, the word, word, it was on the title. They were like a bit off it, but the, you know the 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 third the title was a poem about an orphan who was telling you how he sees Valentine's Day on a war day. You know. Then I wrote Guess Chamber. Guess Chamber. People saw you know was was like the biggest thing. Why? Because people were buying it. It was something new. Like even the title was very interesting. People were curious about it. Mm-hmm. And then you know I went back to my country for the first time. And I wrote a book from there. You know, I decided to take the chance writing poems in Iraq, not in Canada, in Iraq, to have this imagery in me alive, you know. So I named yes. it Wounds from Iraq. Because, you know, with like all the things I saw in Iraq, like I can even read you like a small poem that I wrote called, you know, like this one here. Mm-hmm. So this? Yeah, Unspoken Language. That is the only spoken language in my country, yet... Everybody speaks it well. I don't know if I should learn how to speak it before I die uneducated to explain to God about my tears. So, you know, like, all those imagery I had and all those stuff I saw in my country, I wrote them in this book. And then after, you know, I had this book called Roofs of Dreams. You know, this was like a very short book, like very small book. It was a good book too, you know. 
but it was published mm-hmm. in England, wasn't published in the U.S. And then I had Gas Chamber, no, sorry, not Gas Chamber, I meant to say, like, you know, the Great Revolution, as I said, it was about what happened last year in my country, and then I had my last one, Naomi, Lips of Sweetness. Wow. How do you handle a bad review of your work? Well, at the beginning, I'm not going to lie, at the beginning, I was very, like, I get so upset, and I used to delete this person used to send me a very angry message. I used to be unprofessional about it. I'm still, okay. you know, my fiance, she's like, you know what, babe, let me take care of those stuff. <laughs> okay. But, you know, like, over time, because, you know, over time you learn. And, you know, I learned from those, like, reviews that there are some truth in it. You know what I mean? Like, I know some mm-hmm. people, like, give me five stars, and I'm really grateful for those people, you know? And but at the same time, you know, sometimes some people give me like two stars, four stars. Some people they're like just pure honest with me. And you know, the more I read about them, I feel like, wait a minute, he's right, she's right, you know. Mm-hmm. Because you know, like at the beginning, in your mind, you think you're gonna be the next Shakespeare, you know. Everybody, yes. you know, put, like this is what happened to me. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, I want to be the next Shakespeare. I want to have my books sell millions. I want my books to be the New York top selling books. You know, I had all those fantasies. But the more you write, the more you become, you get familiar with the world of publishing, publication and everything, then you realize something. You'll be like, wait a minute. I have a few people who are, you know, love my poems, and that's enough for me. I don't want to be thrown by millions because, you know, sometimes you can tell, you know, like, especially like, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm going to talk about it. Like you see, like if you go to Instagram, for example, okay, mm-hmm. Instagram, you see some poets who have like 9 million followers, 10 million followers, 20 million followers. And their poems are like not, they're even smaller than a haiku. Right. So then you ask yourself, you'll be like, what's going on? And then I start working for a bookstore. This is what amazing what happened to me. You know, I started questioning those questions to one of the senior managers, you know. I was like, hey, you know, can you explain to me how does it work? I want my, my book to be New York top selling books. I want this, I want this, I want this. The guy is like, you have the money? I was like, excuse me? It's like, dude, those people, they have money. They have good publications. Those publications, money from them, they create their books into no selling stuff. It's like everything costs money. You want your book to have this label, you know, your top selling books, you need to have the money for this label. I was shocked. But I was wow. Like, you know what? Because I learned that my readers are honest with me. You know, like I might not have so many readers yet, but at least yes. I have some people who give me, like, nice feedback, including you, including others. You know, people oh, yeah. like, your poems are very thoughtful. Your poems make me think. That's very honest, yes. right, because it comes directly to you. But that's like, okay, yeah, well, you know, my book is, like, sold 2 million copies. Why? Because of my publishing. But who are those 2 million? Are they real? Who knows? Because, you know, everything works with business. You know what I mean? So, you yes. know, you never know. But the guy told me, he's like, if you want to have nine million followers on your Instagram, you need to spend at least like ten grand. Why? Because every really? post you need to post it. Yeah, he told me it's like sometimes it can cost you up like to one hundred thousand dollars. I was like, wow. He's like, yeah. He's like, do you think those people that just came out? Because you know, sometimes you know when you just watch their interviews, you can tell like it's so funny. They're like, they're just funny clowns. You know, they're like, oh yeah. One day I wake up, and I wrote this thing. And the next day when I wake up, I saw my post was retweeted 20 million times. Like, come on. (laughs) 
Do you think we're really the dumb? <laughs> because it's wow. not like there are so many professional poets out there, like you know, as you know, because you know you interview. There are so many professional poets that you and I we know, and they never reach that number. Well, let me. You can tell. Yes, I. Yes. Well, what I'd like you to do at this point, because we're on the verge of closing out, I'd like you to share one more set of poems for us, if that's okay. Sure, no problem. Okay, so I'm gonna write from the roots of dreams, and the title of the poem is "Roots of Dreams" as well. The roots of memories are dusty, as much as the roots of my dreams. Even when my heart beats like a wild animal and never dies in my mind. My mother's first cookie tasted of strong grief. Since then, I've understood the reasons why my baby was endlessly crying, as he now knows that he was born. He was born to die with a civilian uniform and never look beyond the sunset. The baby girl knows, knows she will always be a widow and an uncrowned queen. Autumn leaves in Montreal have fortunes, but in Baghdad they have wheels of misfortunes. While often sing along with ages of angels in heaven, fall the sea of lost freedom. Yes. You want me to do another one? Yes, please. Love it. Sure, no problem. Okay, this one's called Expensive Prayer. I wish I had more mistakes than sins. I want to have my brain filled fully damaged. As the friend I was trusted before is now a dark cloud in my miserable season. Love is blind more than love is happiness, as it is an expensive prayer for me. Even my siblings are deaf to hear the beat of my broken heart from the liquor I drink. Grains of salt are above the roof of my mouth. Meanwhile, I never swam in a salty ocean, nor added salt to my on my tasteless plates of food. I just lick salt off my hand after I drink a few shots. I respect more face more faces than they deserve. Only death is the path to end my anxiety. Dark poems won't solve anything about life. Those tears will later fall along with spooky blood. What's next for you creatively? Well, you know, hopefully, as I said, you know, like I'm, you know, like you know, I'm publishing a book of short stories. It's gonna be stories about mm-hmm. the war happening in Syria and Iraq during the time of the war in Iraq in, in 2003 and the war we had with Qaeda and ISIS in Syria and in Iraq. And, you know, I'm writing, like, two other poetry books. I, I didn't, I don't know the title yet. <laughs> I'm going to be honest here. I'm still with the, you know, like, publisher. I'm still waiting for their response. But the, uh, the short story book is going to be the title, Buried in the Flowers. So, basically, mm. every story tells you about the situation of a family, that they survived the war. Either they survived the war and died, or they died during the war. So it's going to be mostly like true stories mixed with fiction. When do you find the time to write? You so, you're so prolific. When do you when do you find the time to write in your schedule? Well, you know, like 
as I said, you know, the poem comes to your mind, and once it comes to your mind, you have to write it. So technically, any time. But most of the time mm-hmm. when I write the poem, it's like at midnight. Why midnight? Because midnight, everything becomes silent. And at that moment, I feel like I can listen to myself. I can listen to the poem. Myself becomes a poem. And I can listen to all the day, what happened in the day, and all, like, everything. So midnight, for me, is the best time to write a poem. Or even a short story. Or even... You're phenomenal. You know that, don't you? Thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I'd like us to do, can we end with one more of your poems? Sure, absolutely. Poem to the man of Baghdad and Beirut. Fight for the great, for greater cause for you and your children. Fight for the bride who wore black and accepted the new title widow. Fight for the people's rights that were bleeding dry because of some thieves in law. Fight for your children's smiles as they will remember you more than a brutal leader. Fight with your heart and mind. Don't put your trust in a deadly weapon. Fight with a brush on the canvas. Fight with a pen on a notebook. Fight with a writing poem to be loud. If you give up, let the bullet hit your chest louder. Wow. Well, on that note, I'd like to thank you so much for sharing your talent with us tonight. My pleasure, sir. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yes, and you're welcome back anytime. I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, to our listening audience, thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll be back next week. Take care and be safe out there. You have just listened to the quintessential listening poetry online radio podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus